You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Hey there, everybody. This is GGR Pirate Radio, and we're doing a special all about Star Trek, specifically Discovery. And I'm here with um, two of my favorite nerds, uh, also in love with Star Trek, just like me. And we have Mike Lunsford, who you all know and love. Yay, Mike. (laughs) Hello. And we have a new guest. I'm super excited that he has agreed to, to join us tonight because he's just such an awesome figure in the art scene in San Diego and he has his own YouTube channel and and uh I guess it's bi-weekly talks about tough conversations it's BJ Robinson everybody give it up for BJ Woo-hoo! hello hello I'm so stoked to be here awesome so BJ I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself I like it when um guests introduce themselves because I feel like people can do it so much better than maybe a friend can sure um thanks yeah um, yeah, I, I guess I always say, like, for the record, my name is William Robinson, uh, but I go by BJ, short for Bill Jr., um, pronouns he, him, his. Uh, I'm, I'm an artist, uh, educator, um, musician, a bit of a workaholic, I like to say as well. Um, <laughs> and all of that has just kept me working in, in music and in theater and in education for a few decades. Um, and I certainly am a huge sci-fi fan as well. Um, grew up watching so much Star Wars, uh, sitting by my mom and dad, watching a lot of Enterprise and Deep Space Nine. And then in my teen years, discovered Star Trek Voyager. And I think that's still my favorite. I'm, I'm all the way Captain Janeway. Um, although that might be getting a little rivaled now by <laughs> Star Trek Discovery. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of some of my basics in, in a nutshell. Awesome. Thank you, BJ. Mike, what was your favorite Star Trek growing up? Did you did you watch it as a kid or was okay. this um, something you discovered as an adult? Oh, geez. I um, I got mine honest. I got mine as a kid because both my father and um, my mom's sister, my aunt, my aunt um, were both Trekkies and I still remember to this day the first Star Trek movie that I ever saw was Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and we recorded it off of ABC's Movie of the Week, and I watched that movie so many times that I knew all the dialogue, but I also knew all the commercials, too, because <laughs> that was how we had to record it back then, mm-hmm. and I, I fell in love with, with, with Star Trek. Like, the ships were just so cool, and, like, the 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 message of like loyalty and friendship and then I just kind of like went backwards and watched um, Star Trek two and then uh, Star Trek the motion picture and at that time Star Trek four was just about to come out and I still remember being a little kid and like begging my parents to go see it and we went and saw it in the movie theaters and like I was I was hooked my 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 aunt provided me all the old VHSs of the original series I watched all of those and like just absolutely fell in love with it and then. The next generation came out so it was like this perfect confluence where i got to have the old track and the new track and like if somebody asked me like which one's my favorite i yes is the best word <laughs> like all of it like there, there's certain things i love about the um about the old crew there's certain things i love about next generation um as bj mentioned like voyager like i don't think it's the best series it's not my favorite but there's something really awesome about voyager like 
it, it, it was a really unique concept. It was completely different than any of the other series. I still will watch that. I've probably watched through the, the whole series at least like four or five times. Like there's there's no such thing in my opinion as bad Trek. Like all of it's great, but like, God, you, you, gun to my head, I'm 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 picking Picard as my favorite captain, but like I think my favorite ship is the uh, the refit Enterprise that they had in the movies. Like, yeah, I know I'm blasphemous. I'm bouncing all over the series, but yeah, that's that's in, in a, I can't stay long story short because that was a long answer, but yeah, <laughs> as you can tell, I am unabashedly a Star Trek nerd. So, you know I. We had um, on tape the first Star Trek movie as a kid, but it was minus the first 20 minutes. Um, so for the longest time, I never knew how that movie started. Because, you know, when you're rushing to find a tape to put it in the VCR, um, well, if you're like our age. <laughs> Back in the you- day. <laughs> <laughs> Gather around, kids, as we tell you how old we are by not telling you our age, but that we grew up with VCRs. Yeah. If they know what a VCR is or a VHS. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, so that was my first introduction to it, which is not the best movie, but um, compared, like, we we just had basic cable, so it was the most interesting thing I had access to. And then uh, we would go over to this other family with a bunch of kids. Um, every Thanksgiving, and my parents would play cards with their parents, and they were huge Star Trek fans. So that's where I got to see Wrath of Khan and all the other movies. And and they had the toys. They right. had the phasers and the tricorders, and that was some awesome shit. Let me tell you. <laughs> There's nothing better than pretending to be on a shuttle going to explore a new planet when you have the toys. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I definitely used to do the same thing too. i'm trying to remember what i used there was like a um i, I i'm sure mariah because you have sisters as well correct i have one sister okay you have a sister so like growing up i'm sure you guys had like all sorts of like beauty supplies and things like that and um, my mom had this comb <laughs> that was a comb and a mirror com- com- combined in one and it flipped open and that was definitely my communicator like i stole that <laughs> from her yeah and i would use that as my communicator all the time Nice. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty dope. I was. Uh, all the other kids were jealous, obviously. It's funny because I my my first sort of, you know, not not just like kids in a school or playground kind of um, series growing up was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and I really enjoyed just the combination of of, of superpowers and these neat gadgets and Zordon was this ethereal being and, you know, Rita lived on the moon and would send monsters down from the moon to, to, you know, battle on the earth. And, and I really just enjoyed the, all of the, the, not just the action of it, but the connections of not just being on planet earth and, and, you know, more and more power Rangers started like going into space and doing all of these neat things and and that was what I would watch in the mornings, and then in the evenings I'd sit down and I'd sit next to my mom, and she was the diehard Enterprise fan, and so I would just sit and watch this, and was like, this is like sophisticated Power Rangers. Like, is this what happens when you grow up as a Ranger? Like, you get to go to into a ship and actually like go out and about and do things, and and then I remember watching um, the movie Nemesis, and I was like, what is Go away. Like, that was when it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's so much more that's cooler in space <laughs> than anything on this planet. Um, that that was the one that really hooked me in. 
I love your connection with like, I mean, we all had imagination formation as a kid, um, I think, surrounding these fantastic extraterrestrial adventures. And I love that. I have a question for you, BJ. Can you sing the Enterprise song? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> at this point, no, because I haven't listened to enough. But what I can sing a little of is my from a Voyager. Oh, man. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> but he I've still been, has faith of the heart, so it's okay. I, I, there we go. And I've, I've been starting to get um, really into the discovery theme. I I love um, theme songs. Like I, it would say Star Trek Voyager and um, original Dynasty are two theme songs that I listen <laughs> to weekly. <laughs> <laughs> why why dynasty um you know that's just another show that i stumbled upon and then instantly became obsessed i spent uh six months watching all nine seasons and the movie <laughs> 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 because that's what i felt like doing in 2015 <laughs> I have so many questions, but that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Discovery. Um, Mike, you told me to watch it, yes. which I very happily did, and it was awesome. And then I said, BJ, you got to watch this thing. And then he very happily did. And one of the really cool things about GGR nerds is if you get to know a, a group of them, we um, text each other as we watch the movies and stuff. So it was uh, like with, um, oh shoot, the Marvel movies. Like I was texting Mike and Rambo and MC, my shock and all of my emotions while watching it, which was a lot of fun. But BJ, your responses as you were watching it, it was like watching it vicariously through you again for the first time. And it was so special because I knew exactly um, where you were in the series by your emotions. And it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it, it was riveting. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. And I wasn't sure if I was going to, I, I held off. I was reluctant to watch it because I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. Um, and, and then I actually ended up watching Picard. Um, I want to say maybe it was last year at some point call. because I thought like, let's, let's try the new things and, and thought, you know, I can't go wrong with Jean-Luc. Um, and I enjoyed it. I also had a lot of, I had a lot of issues with just with Jean-Luc. I, I wanted him to, to be different than he was, but I enjoyed the series. Um, so then when, yeah, when you recommended Mariah to, to check out Discovery, I thought, you know what? It's, it's time. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I was just immersed in it. I was crying every other episode, just, just so moved by it. Yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff. I think they took on a lot. And my overall opinion of it is that they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I, um, I, same, BJ. Like, I, as, as somebody who grew up loving Star Trek, and, like, furthermore, like, Star Trek is my, is my security blanket. When I've had a bad day, when I'm stressed out, when I'm, like, just riddled with anxiety and, like, I can't sleep because my mind's going a million miles an hour, I can put on the next generation or Voyager and lay down on the couch and watch it. And I'm eight years old again and I'm watching it in my bedroom on a crappy TV with horrible reception. 
because like there's just something about this show it's even in the darkest of dark there's always hope and that was like that's why i liked picard so much that picard has its flaws okay It, it was not perfect by any stretch but like that was the overriding message of that of that whole first season was that it, it was about hope. It's about like not giving up in the face of some really, really nasty shit. And that's the same thing Discovery has been too to me, is Discovery is this we can do great things together. And like it, it's inspiring, but like also it's it's incredibly moving. And like I I'm I'm not even ashamed to admit that I probably have a man crush on Anson Mount, uh, Captain Christopher Pike, because I would follow that dude into the Mutara Nebula and do whatever he said, because like that is an inspiring dude. Like, and that's and that's second season when he has to choose like his fate. Basically, it's like you take this time crystal, you see what your life is going to be like, and then you can't change it. And he sees what's going to happen to him, and he still grabs that crystal and he's like, "No, you're a Starfleet officer. You're about love. You're about dedication. You're about honor. You're about sacrifice." And he stand. Oh man, that was. I stood up and saluted right there, man. Like I was, I was so inspired, and that's that's what I love about this this series. About just across the board, every season has been like that. In the darkest moments, there's still this glimmer of hope, and that message of what Starfleet stands for comes through. A thousand percent, I agree with that in entirely. And and you know, uh, we were we kind of were hinting at it earlier that I also really enjoyed the fact that they did change the the format of how they wanted to develop the show episode to episode and that it wasn't these standalones from piece to piece and that it really layered and built and and so many wonderful through lines so many moments where you could just you wanted to feel like are are they possibly foreshadowing that something's going to happen in a bit and then two to three episodes later it was like ah yes the payoff (laughs) Um, I really, really appreciated that about the series. And and you're right. I mean, just so many, many, many uplifting moments Um, and really deceitful as well. (laughs) You know, the first the right where it starts at all. I thought like, oh, no, 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 no. no. Is this going to is this going to turn around and like give me an antihero that I'm not thrilled with? And, you know, by the. I, I, I'll say, just for the sake of anyone listening to it, that it's by the end of the first season, you're all in that this is not an anti-hero. This is the greatest hero ever, and people just need to get out of her way. <laughs> oh, we're, talk, we're talking about uh, Michael Burnham there, right? We are. We are yeah. talking about Michael at that yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, can, like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Can I just say I love the fact that she's called Michael. I think, um, I don't know, it was very freeing to hear her called that very strong fantastic name and as a catholic anyone who's called michael i'm like ah that's a sweet name you know Mm -hmm. it just it was so cool it was such a nice touch i really dug it i i'm i'm with bj though too because i remember watching it at first and i was like oh is this going to be this rebel this character who like you said anti-hero but like her arc and just these first three seasons to see her redemption of like what she's done to make amends for this decision that honestly, like in retrospect, you're almost wondering, was it the right decision at that time? Like that's, that's one of the things that I love about Star Trek too, is they play that morality game really, really well. Mm -hmm. And they, they never come out and say, well, there's certain instances where they say cut and dry, this is right. And this is wrong. But like in those really, really difficult situations, they, they leave you questioning and having to make the decision for yourself, which is, why why one of the reasons one of many reasons why i love it so much 
yeah, you you learn a different assurance about what independence really means and and how we utilize our independence, the power you have in that. Um, you know, we're always taught the the ideas of standing up for what's right and caring for others, and and yet we do not always understand how we apply that when faced with all sorts of circumstances. And I mean, they just really <laughs> they knock you out the park right away with high stakes. And it's just wild how they keep getting higher and higher throughout the season, and then do it again with another season and another season. I'm, I, I cannot wait for a season four. I'm so glad that it's so close. Yeah. And it's, it, it's really truly doing something that, that Star Trek is, is paying off. They're finally paying off what they've always said. It's to go uh, where no one has gone before. And they're what, 900 years in the f- further in the future than any other Star Trek series has ever been. Like, I think that's amazing. Like, and there's there's so much that even though we don't know what they're gonna do in this next season, there's so much on the table already that they can use. Like, there's that sphere data that they got in the second season. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell are they gonna do with that thing? But like, not only that, that thing seems to just like kind of have a mind of its own, and it's like, oh my you know, gosh. I'm gonna take over the computer, and then I'm gonna take. That off. was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah when when the little droids. Robots. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh. I remember shrieking like with that with just girlish delight like oh they're so sweet and they're helping and i love them and please don't die it was all of that there's a really there's a really cool easter egg in that too if you look at those little droids they all have rank insignias too some of them are blue some of them are yellow some of them are red so some of them are engineers some is uh, command and some is science yeah they have different color codes it's the coolest thing what yeah yeah watch it again i love it yeah (laughs) I also wanted to to comment some, uh, as you mentioned, Mariah, with with the name Michael. Um, it, it, having a character of color, a black character, with an unexpected name, who was also adopted, um, it, it 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 hit me in too many ways. Um, you know, my like I said, my name is William. I've always gone by BJ because that's what my family always called me for Bill Jr., which got, you know, really awkward in the younger years of elementary school, middle school, high school, all of that. Um, I'm also adopted. And and so it was just like seeing this all happening in this storyline. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is wow. Like, yes, yes, yes. This is this is this is making it into mainstream stories. (laughs) And, And I just thought that was so so cool and then you know as we've gotten to learn more and more about michael and and her full family and then like mama coming in i i like you said i kept crying and crying and then like once mama is there for moments of things i i lost it (laughs) i um it's something we've said on on ggr a million times before but representation really matters and it's it's awesome getting to see other people get to feel the same way I did as a kid because for me it's easy you know like generic looking white dudes cool Th- those guys are dime a dozen on Star Trek but like as I grew up finding out like I'm I grew up Jewish I found out that both William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy were Jewish and that was really cool because that's not super common when it comes to heroes and that was really really important especially Spock like like 
everybody can say like, oh, well, William Shatner. No, Leonard Nimoy is the driving force of that. Without Leonard Nimoy, Star Trek's not nearly as popular as it is, basically. Like that he was the linchpin in bringing the um, the motion picture. Like they couldn't get him to do it because he was like, I don't really want to be Spock again. And they finally talked him into it. But then they gave him the director's reins. That's how much pull he had. And like it, it's just awesome that they're doing this more. It's not – they didn't stop with just like, all right, well, let's do an interracial kiss. Let's be the first TV show to do that. Let's introduce a Russian character. No, they keep doing that. They keep upping the ante. They're like, let's make a female captain with, with Voyager. Like let's make a female um, African-American uh, captain the lead. Like they keep doing that. And like the representation – And they make her win. Exactly. That's the other thing. She wins in the end. And when um... – Oh my gosh, why am I is it Tilly? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. she gets out of Michael's way, I was like, Oh, well done. Yeah. At the very end for yeah. the captain's chair. I was like, Well done. Nice job. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. And the other um avenue they're taking with this, the blatant, very clear representation of LGBTQ. Um mm-hmm. like there's a line, there's a line at the end in the last episode. And like I feel emotional right now, and it's when they're like, um, "We're gonna we're gonna find a way so that you're really seen," and like I I started yeah. weeping because with the, oh uh, my with, gosh with the trill yeah yeah. yeah yeah I can't remember the character's name right now I mean, that makes gray. me feel bad yes gr- yeah great yeah like that was that was incredible like yeah absolutely yeah. everything with gray and Adira it was it, that was that was just such a a, a moment of like, oh my gosh! Like, I, it, it felt like such a gift. It really felt like such a gift. Like you said, they they really have, I think, outdone themselves in all the right ways of continuing to push that envelope. Um, and then when we got <laughs> Tira and Gray, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing! And like, we're we're getting this like beautiful queer family. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And it was unapologetic and very clear, but without, um, th- like, it was just. Yeah. simple it was so simple she's adira goes um i don't like she or her i like they and they said okay and then they moved on yeah. but they number one included it number two they wrote it well and number three they moved on and it was such a perfect recipe for um helping our culture move forward and that's what star trek is meant to be star trek mm-hmm. is meant to be the hope the this is what will become of the future this is what we can do if we put our petty nonsense aside, if we can look to, together to the stars, we can achieve amazing things. And that that's another, just another one of the million reasons why I love this show. But like another one too is even when they're not like outwardly doing it like that. That was that was great the way they handled it with Adira and with, with Gray. Um, same thing with Culber and with um, Stamets. But mm-hmm. also like one of the things that I thought was really, really awesome was the way that they handled with with, with Saru. Um, he, when he found out that his, he was like, oh, well, when this thing happens, I'm going to die. And oh, then yeah. When, out that his, yeah. The what was the name of yeah. it? Yeah, I can't remember the, the term for it, but yeah, like basically like Kelpians like die when this thing happens. And it turns out, no, they actually achieve their full potential. And yeah. he's been oppressed for his entire, his entire people has been oppressed. Like even the subtext there of him now knowing like, and being angry at how his people have been treated for so long. And like, Captain Pike standing there, and he very easily could be like, you know, Commander Saru, I need you to be a professional. He just kind of leans back, and he's like, all right, you're feeling yourself. Do your thing. Like, he he, he understands the, the ramifications of the, the 
of this, that his entire culture has been repressed for, for centuries and that this is his chance. It's basically like all coming out right now at the same time. And like, it's, it's one of those things where it was subtle enough that it wasn't like right in your face, but it was also like well done enough that like I caught it immediately. It was like, Oh, Oh, this is good. I, I like what they're doing here. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're making people like they're showing people that it is okay for you to be angry about your people being oppressed and treated like shit for generations. The the Vahari, that's what it was. That whole the Vahari, the belief about the, the Vahari and and the Baul, um, and that whole yeah yeah it was, and 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 just the way that they they process that of you learn about it you learn about it like it's it's just bread and water and no biggie. Um, and, and that slow unravel of just, like you said, of, of what Star Trek has always been to, to pushing those boundaries, to getting us to, to break beyond these, these societal norms. Um, it, it was so, so cool and so magical. And then such a neat journey to see like, how, how does the fleet, how does the Federation actually manage this, this process and knowing like, Oh, now there's something more. And yet we have to stick to our codes. And, 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 you know, when is it, when <clears throat> it's just that, that great question, you know, like we do say of, of when you come back to your moral compass on like, when, when are the times to, to break from what you've believed and expected to be that standard of right. You know, they also dealt with, um, when you when you wake up, basically, what do you do then? When Philippa Giorgio goes back and she has to face um, her moments of cruel decisions in the past, when she goes back to what was what was the name of the? It was like a time. Oh my gosh! You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. When she goes through the the portal, um, and I can't remember what they're called right now. Um, it was from the Time Wars. Yeah. And. And she has to go back and it's kind of a test to see whether or not she's worth giving a second chance in a parallel universe. Yeah. So and, you know, we're assuming that our listeners have watched all of this. Um, yes. Let's please give them a, a spoiler alert here. I'll throw it at the beginning. <laughs> of the I think we spoiled things like 10 times over, but. Um, <laughs> um yeah, yeah, it's, so a, it's she, just a time portal, but the the it's the guardian of forever is who that uh, yeah. that actor was that was sitting there smoking a cigar. Yeah, he was so delightfully annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I, he was just anyway. Yeah, so yeah. she goes back and she has to live like she or she re-enters her life as she was when she was a horrible, horrible person and a ruler, and she's seeing all of this situation that she's actually learned to rise above, and she has to live in that moment and decide whether to go back to her old ways or live as this new self that she's developed into. And it's very interesting to see those moments of decisions and um, how much she loves michael even though she's not a very demonstrative affectionate person like the those moments are so powerful um i was riveted yeah and it made for like an interesting twist of what are they going to do with this character and i'm i'm interested to see what what they will truly do with her because seeing um Georgiou, seeing, um, and I'm blanking on the actress's name right now, and that's making me mad. Isn't um, it Michelle? Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. 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 As soon as you said it, she's just been outstanding. I've enjoyed everything that she's done in this series, mm-hmm. and she's just a great actress in general. So it's been, it's been really, really fun seeing her do, 
just just chew scenery and just like just be a badass in general across the entire series. I've been in love with her since Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, I remember watching Crouching Tiger, Hitting Dragon yes. and being like, oh, yeah, OK, this is cool. Yeah. Yes, which I'm not allowed to rewatch with the family because the first time I watched it, that was the night I broke up with a boyfriend in the past. So Dave's like, you can't watch that movie again. It inspires <laughs> things. <laughs> you can't watch this. We'll get a divorce. Yeah, now I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was just so powerful and was very interesting. Um, this is true of most sci-fi fandoms. But to see the fandoms react to her because there was so much visceral visceral reaction against her that um, I had to take pause. And it told me a lot about the members of the fandoms. If you don't like her because she has an accent, maybe you should, you know, check yourself. Um, if you don't like her because she's a strong female character and you only have room in your heart for one in a series, maybe you need to check yourself. I just thought it was very, uh, interesting to see how people responded to that. Oh yeah, people told on themselves for sure. <laughs> people often do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been my biggest like eye rolling moment whenever I see somebody like I'll talk to somebody who I know is a Star Trek fan and I'm like, oh hey, are you watching Discovery as well? And they're like, um, well it's really not my thing because and I'm like, all right, let, I, let's not do this. <laughs> yeah. let's, Let's let's just not. And like I have I have said on the airwaves and I've said it in uh, and articles that I've written for GGR that like I don't have time for this from people, because if you can't understand that, like Star Trek needed to evolve to survive, then then you're the problem. Like it, it had mm -hmm. to change because that's what knocked it off the air in the first place. And like not to disparage Enterprise. But the problem was, is you had Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. And all of those series were essentially the same format, the mm -hmm. same style of series. And, like, they were essentially doing the same thing. And it wasn't evolving. It had gotten stale. It's the same reason they stopped making Star Trek movies after Nemesis. Nemesis, for all of its flaws, like, it basically, like, stopped the franchise for a while. And... They had to reboot, and you have to do that with series, because if you don't, then it dies. Like, if it mm -hmm. doesn't evolve, it dies. And that's actually, that's a Star Trek line, too. That's a Voyager line from the Herojin, when the Herojin took over Voyager and were using the holodecks to make, like, 1940s Nazi Germany, and they were, like, playing war, basically. Like, the Herojin were freaked out because they are like, we don't have any hunting places, and if we don't evolve, we die. So Voyager's like, well, what if we just give you some of our holodeck technology? And they were like, son of a bitch, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. By the way, I have been uh, watching DS9. That's been my security blanket. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. I'm on season four now. And there's some phenomenal acting in there, too. Like, Cisco, I have a little bit of a crush on him. Like, he has a... He acts with his whole body, and then he puts in a growl every now and then. And... <sighs> It's just really, really nifty. I'm digging it. Especially when he's like chief, ready to defiant. And you're just like, oh shit, here it comes. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. So, all right. We love Discovery, but in every show that we love, um, there's some things that we wish they had done differently. Not that we dislike it. We just wish that they had done differently or found distracting. And so I'm really curious. I know what I feel about it and, and what I pick as being something I wish they did differently. But I, I would like to know what you guys would pick. 
Hmm. That's a tough one. So while while you're thinking, I have I have a couple. Um my first one, and this is just maybe this is nostalgia talking, but like I miss the old practical models of the ships. Mm. Because mm-hmm. everything's digital now. I mean, and they look good. Like I just I miss that old like like sixty foot thing that they would build and then like film it. <laughs> like I miss there's something about that that I just absolutely loved. They were there was something prettier about them. Now, granted, they can do all sorts of crazy shit with them now because now there's no limitations. You can do whatever you want with it. You literally can make it fly like a spaceship now instead of like essentially having to make it fly like a naval vessel. And that's there's again, there's positives and negatives to it. Like I, I really I miss that. But like also, too, they changed the way that they that ships battle. So, like, for instance, in the end of season two, when the dude who's basically taken over by control, like the the nanites have like taken over his body and like it's taken over the entire Section 31 fleet. Like that whole battle was fought by drones and like the starships themselves didn't really do much. And like I, I was hoping for more like ship to ship battle, like some old school duke it out. But again, too, that's modern warfare that they're doing instead of the old style of like this is what we did in World War Two. Two ships just duked it out and whoever had the better strategy won. Like so I, I get where it's evolving, but it was just like, again, like a, a twinge of nostalgia where I was like, man, that's. I would have liked to have seen that. And then, like, the other one and, – and I, I'm not disparaging the way they're doing it because this, these shows are much more emotional than the old ones were. The old ones, like, would have a few moments here and there where there would be some emotion. But these are, like, really heavily emotional, and that's a really good thing. But, like, going back to that same episode, the, the end of season two, there were so many overly dramatic speeches – and like everybody seemed to like they had to have their overly dramatic speech that they had prepped and ready. And they're like, no, no, before we go to war, I have to read you this thing that I wrote. Like everybody had one. And that got a little old. But like, again, uh, especially too, like with Spock. OK, Spock is supposed to be like, you know, he's Spock. He's not super emotional. And like for me, teared up a little bit when he gave her the Vulcan salute. And he said, live long and prosper. I was like, you son of a bitch. And then, <laughs> and then ended you? up. And then ended up having some like emotional speech after that. And I was like, no, just you should have just left it right there. <laughs> you were good with the salute. It was it was it was touching. And then and then you, you stumped all over it. But yeah, that that's again, too, like I'm picking at straws here because I still love the shit out of this series. I, I would agree with that. I, I you know, it's like thinking on it, and it, especially as you're saying it. Um, yeah, especially at the end of season two, there were a lot of dramatic monologues and. And and it was one of those things where like the first couple of them started to think like, oh gosh, okay, are they gonna die? Oh wait, are one of them gonna die? And then it's like the fourth one. I'm like, okay, is everyone just talking? Like, <laughs> like now I'm convinced we're not gonna lose anyone, and everybody's just like, did, did, like is this a pay bonus or is this because of a lack of pay bonus? Like I it it definitely pulled me out a little um, in that. So I I definitely agree on that point. Um, I think the the only other thing I I thought there was going to be more of because I felt like they were going in that direction. Um, I guess I wanted a little bit more almost of the like, meanwhile, with the Klingons, because I kept feeling like we were going to get that. Like I kept waiting for there to be two or three episodes where it's just going to be 
the Klingon perspective, you know, and that like we're we're not going to even see Discovery <laughs> until like maybe two minutes at the end. Um, I kept wanting more Klingon. I, I I want there to be. I don't know if I want it to be a separate show. I don't think I want that, but I I would love there to be a few episodes where like take us completely out of the fleet, give us someone else that has to do with things, but just getting to see this world, this time from a completely different perspective. I, I like that we got jumps to it and cutaways from it, but I know I wanted I wanted more. So what was super appealing to you um, about the Klingons? And I'm only asking because I felt the opposite. So I'm dying to know about <laughs> your perspective and, and what it what drew you in. Um, I, I've always thought the Klingons were super interesting and, and, and I've always just seen them like, you know, they're another, they're another big bad. Um, and so I, I, I appreciated what glimpses we were getting into having a little more context. Um, and even I, I found myself having more and more compassion for, for their own infighting. And I thought it was really beautiful to see the struggles even within their own culture and 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 especially when it got into these you know like well are you full Klingon or are you a half breed and that it's like yes let's let's talk about that divisiveness you know that that comes into play um, you know I've I've had too many conversations and not too many but I've had plenty of conversations with people um, about colorism in in our world and it it very much paralleled colorism to me and I thought that was super super cool and great to to bring you know just some light to and so i i wanted more of it and i thought the whole thing with uh volk i i went back and forth about um because at first i you know was liking i was liking tyler i was liking Volk, i was liking what was going on i got a little confused as to like wait what's what's going on here um but that at the same time drew me in with intrigue on like now i want to know more about about all of this. I, I almost was disappointed that they truncated the thing of like, well, it is him, but he kind of, you know, went through this process to become this guy. And, and, and I was like, oh, I, I want that full journey, man. I want that full journey. Yeah, I can see that. So I can totally see that. I want to tip in on that real quick here too, because I have to be careful with the way that I word this because I don't want it to come off as I didn't like what they did. I liked it. I did. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting that essentially he was like a Klingon sleeper agent and like they like mutilated his body so that he could infiltrate them. I was like, man, that is rough. It was gross. That's, it was but that's, also, that's it was also super Klingon, though. Like, yeah. sacrifice yourself for the honor of the Empire kind of stuff. Um, what bothered me about it was I thought initially that that was Tyler having PTSD flashbacks. Mm. And I really connected with that because as a former member of the military, like a lot of my friends really, really struggled with this, you know, and, and I've had my issues with it as well. So like, it's, it, it was just this thing where I really connected with this character. And I was really excited because it was like, this is some representation that you've yet to see, really see in Star Trek, that PTSD is a real thing and that Starfleet officers go through some shit. And that's what I thought we were getting, and then it turned out to be something different. So I wouldn't say that I was mad. I was just a little disappointed. Um, but again, too, like, I really liked the Tyler character. I like what he's become, too. I like that he's let his hair grow, and he's all, like, cool and, like, kind of woodsy but Klingon-y at the same time, too. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's got this cool, like, Klingon hippie thing going on, man, and I really dig that. Yeah. Um, 
but like yeah it's i really liked his character i really liked um where they were going with it and then like just to see him struggle with it too was just like it was i think i think the message was still there like the camaraderie sort of thing like you can still like see this character and and more or less like work through your own stuff through this character but like yeah it definitely like knocked me for a loop for a second i was like man that sucks but yeah (laughs) i also go ahead no you go ahead bj um i was gonna say i i also had i had one issue and it was like a quick moment and then i got over it which was fine um but when we first met captain Lorca, i couldn't help but right away it was like that's Lucius Malfoy. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he's gonna be bad. No, Slytherin. He's gonna be bad. Watch out, Michael. <laughs> oh my gosh, I totally didn't even make that connection, which is probably for the better because that yeah. would have been tipped off. It yeah. really stinks though, too, because like he, I, I love him, man. Lorca was great until you found out that he was, you know, bad. Ooh. But like, I loved him. But not only that, too, the actor who plays him. And I'm blanking on his name too. Jason um, I, Thank you. I'm sorry. I've been taking some cold medicine, <laughs> so I'm a little loopy. But like, Jason Isaacs went toe to toe with William Shatner on Twitter. And like, if you guys don't know about what? Shatner, Shatner is a total dick. And like, in real life, like he couldn't be any more opposite than Jim Kirk in real life. Like, Jim Kirk would punch William Shatner if he could. Like, if you could separate the two people. But like. Shatner was like running his mouth about something and Jason Isaacs was like, yeah, well, you suck. And like, I was like, okay, I like this dude. I like this dude a lot. This is going to go, this is going to go really, really well. And like, I keep hoping that we're going to see the original universe version of Lorca at some point, but I, I, I guess not. Now we're 900 years in the future. So I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that would have been sweet though. Yeah. yeah. That would have been cool. I even liked him though, when he was bad and he was groveling. I did I was, too. He's kind of, he was kind of a badass man when he blew up that Klingon ship and like turned away and put eye drops in him as he was blowing it up. I was like, <laughs> that's a bad man. <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was very impressive. <laughs> Once I got past the Malfoy part of it, it was like, mm, I really do want to like you. Like, I don't want to fully trust you, but I also do like that you're getting things done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and he loves fortune cookies too. So I mean. <laughs> Where did he get them? Did he just replicate them? And did did he replicate them with messages inside? I would assume so, but as we learned from um, the Admiral Admiral Vance in season three, apparently all the replicated food is just recycled shit. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a thing now. <laughs> that was that was fun. I'm like oh okay great. I'm glad we just I'm glad they put it out there. <laughs> I love the way he did that though too. Yes. <laughs> She goes, this is a pretty good apple. He goes, yeah, it's shit. Like, literally. Like, it's actually shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it to watch her squirm because he hated her. It was yeah. beautiful. It was such a petty move. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Oded Fair just killed it as. And they keep doing this thing where, like, I, 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 the internet term is is zaddy for, like, a male like like a, a male that you more or less have a crush on that has kind of, like, a dad vibe going on. They've they've made him a zaddy, but they've also done it with um, Captain Pike too, where everybody's just like, yeah, yeah. Look, look at yeah. him, look at this, look at this dad that I want. Yeah, like it's, and I totally get it too. Like the gray beard and the gray hair, and he's just kind of commanding. And you're like, yeah, all right, I, I can see it. Okay. He he was another one that once once he showed up on screen, it was like, oh yay, yes, yes, you deserve to be here. You deserve to be running the ship. 
because <laughs> you were a magi in the mummy, and I know you're going to take care of the Federation, buddy. He <laughs> was beautiful in the mummy. Running the, running the whole damn Federation. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and, oh, that's the other thing, too. Um, they're actually going to be doing more series now too this is this is why discovery is so great because discovery has become the reason why we're getting more star trek so we got um yeah so we got discovery we got picard um not only that we're getting uh strange new worlds which is going to be the captain pike slash um number one slash um spot series yeah yeah Yeah. rebecca romaine like yeah this is yeah i'm i am excited about this series when does it come out uh, that's a great question. Let me look that up for you. And, and then is, um, Seven of Nine is supposed to be getting her own as well, right? Oh, man. And she just killed it, too. Like, she, she, was she was the so best good. thing about Card for me. Oh, but, like, <laughs> you want to talk, talk about heartbreaking, man? When Ooh. she finds... when she, Oh, wait. I just realized. Have you not watched it, Mariah? So I still... I'm such a weirdo. I still have not seen the last episode because I'm paranoid that when I watch it... Um, our favorite, my favorite captain will, besides Michael, will die. And I know that it's totally irrational, but I got issues. I so that's, that is not the, fair. That you're is not so the only fair. person that feels like that. So that's not ridiculous. So you're, you're, you're fine. I, okay, I but you have seen felt it. that watching Picard as well, though. Like I, I felt the pain. I'm like, oh no, we're going to lose these good people. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Same thing. I was like, oh no, not, not JL. No, don't take my JL from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but the scene where where she is, um, she goes and finds uh, Icheb, but Icheb has basically been tortured to death, and she holds him and like he's bleeding and dying, and she just basically puts him out of his misery. That oh my god, that was gut wrenching, yeah. like, and that whole scene too, because the person that was like pulling, like looking for his optical um, array, was like, hey buddy, where's your optical array? I was like, ooh, this is really unsettling. Like, <laughs> they did they did an excellent excellent job. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for a release date. Uh, filming began on February 18th, 2021. So I guess that means this year or next year. Well, Maybe they got to really... hurry up because I'm yes. going to end up finishing DS9. They need to get their shit together. I, I need know. Star Trek and I need it now. Engage, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, I really, I really enjoyed all of the um, characters in Picard. Um Especially, like, the fact that, again, like, going back to the fact that, like, these Starfleet officers um, have seen some shit. And Mm -hmm. this was the Mm -hmm. first time that we've gotten them dealing with that, dealing with PTSD, dealing with trauma, Mm -hmm. dealing with, like, the stress. Because, like, before it was just, like, um, because, like, in, in, in Star Trek The Next Generation, for the most part, like bad things would happen to people and they were just like, yeah, you're all right. You'll be, you'll be fine. Like <laughs> they even, they even did that with, um, with Picard for the most part, because they didn't really address the, like the nature of how awful and traumatic it was to be assimilated by the Borg. Like you got that one episode right after that, where he's with his brother and like, they're fighting in the mud and then Picard like breaks down and he's telling him like how awful it was. But then after that, they really don't talk about it again. But like this time he actually got to deal with his trauma he, that first time he was on that board cube and he fart, starts having a panic attack but like um uh, the guy the actor's name is santiago uh cabrera he played cristobal mm. but him like having the ptsd issues because of what they had to do they had to kill that um android 
because of his captain's orders. And then, like, his captain got murdered, too. Like, it was just, like... And you saw the same thing with, um, with Rafi as well. Like, they didn't deal well with what happened. And it, it was just, it was more, it's more realistic. They're, they're grounding Star Trek more and they're making it more like, I can see myself in these people instead of like, which I, I guess I could see where people would be a little upset about that, where it's like, they're no longer striving for greatness, but that's nonsense. Like sci-fi is supposed to be a reflection of ourselves. Like that's yeah. what makes it so great. Yeah. And like, yeah, it, it's been it's been fantastic the way that they've handled this. And like, same thing at the end of that episode, at the end of the season. Um, wait, no, I can't say because no, right, you haven't seen no, it yet. No, go ahead because it'll, make, <laughs> it'll help me if I'm like, yeah, just do it because at the end of the I season, done it already. At the end of the season, you have seven of nine and Rafi holding hands, and mm-hmm. like, it, it it wasn't just like, oh, let's be friends. It was a little more than that. So no, I was like, you're oh. connected. And it was like, yes, let's yeah. have that series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little Raffy 7 of 9 action, just going out and kicking ass. And yeah, I'm for that. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I loved how they started it with everyone not having power. And when you have all that power and then you lose it, I thought that was just um, an amazing statement of um, reality for so many people. You, you have a career, you have all these things. And then how do you identify yourself once you're not in that position of power anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I also love that they are using the F word now on Star Trek. Right. Um, yes. I love, I love when Picard goes to the Admiral after he has his like meltdown on the news. Yes. He goes to the Admiral. And he's like, he's like, I want a ship and I want a crew and I want it now. And she looks at him and she goes, the fucking audacity. And I'm like, Whoa, an Admiral using the F word. This is dope. Like, Oh no, yes. she said the she said hubris. the sheer fucking hubris. That's what she yeah, said. Yeah, that's what it was the fucking hubris. <laughs> and again, it was it was it was a little moment where yeah, you're like, ooh, I'm all about this. Yes, yeah, strong female, put the old little white guy in his place. Like yeah. you don't get to run this show anymore, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> he was, looks so just... cre- he looks so crestfallen too when she said that to him. <laughs> he was like, oh man, I'm used to being able to do this, and like people hearing my accent, they're just like, okay, we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I think that was a part of what I had as a challenge with with that with that first season. But, you know, it was he he's like, I'm ready to do it my way. And and as he was kind of getting shut down and, you know, being rendered again, I'm just like, no, no, it's out of your hand, John Luke. He didn't stop. He's like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do the next thing. And he went to Rafi and it's like, we're doing this coming over to this person. We're doing that. And and I was sitting there just like. Damn it, Jean Luc! Just listen to anyone around you. Just listen. And at the same time, it was like, no, this is classic Jean Luc. He he's gonna do what he's gonna do, and he's gonna get it done. <laughs> yeah, be a stubborn asshole that doesn't listen to anybody, and then Riker's gonna put him in his place, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. By the way, by the way, fucking Riker is the best father ever. Yeah. He's like he's like yeah, kid, go play like you know native warrior or whatever the fuck you're doing. I'm gonna go make some pizzas, and I was like hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make pizzas in the garden i'm just saying yeah like he's making making his own homemade pizza built his own pizza oven and then when it's time to be a badass and and yeah like Like, all right (laughs) yeah all the more reason for you to end up watching the the season finale of uh, picard is just know that that riker riker does some riker shit and that's why you need to watch it it's a good it's a good season finale it yeah. is the only issue that I had with it is fuck God, uh, Mariah, you're killing me here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the okay. There's the thing that happens that 
BJ and I can talk about this in coded terms. There's that thing that happens, right? Like, yes. remember how how Data's like predecessor like made the yes. thing, and you were like, yes. oh, I see what's gonna happen, and then there's like, nope, we're gonna use it for this oh, thing instead. Oh God, yeah. I yeah. was kind of pissed off by that because like it was it it was a MacGuffin, and I was like, well, that was stupid because like why did you give him the other thing in the first place? Like it was a complete MacGuffin, and I agree that annoyed me as well, and just like. Yeah. What? We didn't need any of that, people. No. Come on. No, but, we, but, we didn't. But I will say fine. that yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Especially it's fine. Too, because of what we got from it in the end, where he got yes. to have that that moment with. Yes. Yeah. See, we didn't give it away, Mariah. Y'all are adorable. It. Remember the well thing done. that yeah. happened? Other thing happened that pissed us off, but it's all fine because a thing happened. And there was a moment. You know the best part about it is, is I, is I think he totally understand what I was saying too. <laughs> yes. No. Exactly. I, 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 I followed you and I love it because it, I, it, it, it was a very impressionable. I would say that it was a very impressionable season finale. It and it does a lot of setting up for more good things to come. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, that's what you, that's all you can ask out of a season one. Um, Discovery blew it out of the park, and and you know Picard, Picard did fine, but Discovery really. <laughs> <laughs> season two of Picard will be even better and other things that come from it um one of the people I did want to bring up and we we, we mentioned her a little earlier but you know talking about power and all of that it's like I gotta shine the biggest light on Tilly Tilly yes. is just so darn lovable <laughs> so real yeah. yeah so relatable to to it's... just that eagerness that I want to just get involved and see what's happening and you, you're stepping in it before you even know it and and then you got to step up to the plate when you're totally not feeling it yeah and yeah the delivery also, of those lines like that uncomfortable like I have to speak but I know that I'm going to mess up every word that I'm going to say and then I'm going to have to spend a lot of energy cleaning it up but I'm going to say it anyway because maybe something good will happen yeah I totally related to that <laughs> I also do love that um, she's awkward. Um, she's unsure of herself, but that's what makes this great is that instead of it being the flagship of the Federation where it's the best of the best and the top and like you don't get the outcast, you know, an occasional, you know, Lieutenant Barkley will pop up every now and then. But for the <laughs> most part, you don't see any of the and you know, they exist, right? This is a whole universe like run by nerds. So socially awkward nerds still exist i guarantee you and the fact that we're getting to see them on discovery is fantastic because we have her we have the socially inept stamets and then mm -hmm. we have the even more socially socially inept but almost like in a murderous way of jet reno who i fucking love by the way oh they, she's yes. so good when they when they're like hey we need that suit finished and she's like well i'm trying to do this physics thing and it's gonna yes. take me two hours and she's like we have like an hour can you get it done and she's like um no because i can't bend the laws of physics like yeah she's been <laughs> she's been outstanding i hope we get more of her in season four I love how creative everything was like yeah. the and when they showed the tardigrade, I jumped up and cheered because I am a nerd. Um, speaking mm -hmm. of nerds, like it was a, I knew exactly that they were playing with the idea of water bears and there was a giant water bear on the ship and it was pissed off, but they needed it and it was going to frolic in the fungus. And I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. even crazier is the the science behind this, behind the mycelial network, 
the chief writer of almost all doctrine when it comes to the mycelial network in real life. His real name is Dr. Paul Stamets. What? So oh. Paul Stamets is is in a direct nod to the guy who create who like wrote the book on mycelial networks. Ah, oh, that is so perfect. Isn't it? Yeah. I also have loved, and I and I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of her name. Um, the the two navigation officers. Yes. Um, on Discovery. Um, yeah. The one with the implant, and then Awokasun, I think is how you pronounce it. Their relationship has been fantastic because it's again PTSD. Like she's she's mm-hmm. had trauma, and you can tell that she's like she's probably like shell shocked at this point. And like Awokasun is looking at her, and she's like girl, you need to get help. And she's like, no, I don't need help. Nope, mm-mm, nope, 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 nope. And she just, that is so accurate to what people with trauma are like, especially military people. And like, it was just incredibly accurate. And like, it's, I think the more important thing is, is you could tell that she loved her. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that really shines through in this series is these characters all love each other mm-hmm. and they go to bat for each other. But one thing I can't wait to see in season four is Stamets is pissed at Burnham. <sighs> oh, pissed because yeah. she basically ejected him out of the ship so that they couldn't use the spore drive like yeah like he Wait, was what? not happy about that well she ejects him out because he's trying to get back to the planet oh, yes, and yes. she's like no and you're you know, and and you're yeah. a liability yeah. oh yes. my gosh yeah that was that was really tense and it was left really worrisome of like oh gosh they're not going to be getting along and whatever comes next yes yeah, yeah. But you like and you understood both sides like they were both right. Mm -hmm. And that just made it a more powerful scene. What do you think about the hints they're dropping for the next season? I don't even know. (laughs) Have you seen the trailer? I have, and 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 I've watched it too many times and I'm trying to figure out everything I can from it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like. I don't know, I'm kind of pissed because I feel like they didn't give us enough. Um, yeah. Just something that has a big gravity something, like six light years or something, they say, in the trailer. Um, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's and she has braids so again. And they end up with a totally trashed bridge. I mean, I would assume that, like, changing your hairstyle in the, the – it's not even the 24th century or the 23rd century anymore. Now it's the – what the 31st century it's got to be pretty easy it's like computer rebraid yeah. my hair and then it's done you know like... <laughs> it better be at that point yeah yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like i like that they're doing this um a scientific problem that they have to solve because they did the same thing in uh the second season with the red with the red bursts yes and the yeah. red angel yeah like I, and that's their they have to figure out what's causing it. And I like that it's it all ties together, that there's all these threads and they all come together in the end. Yeah. I like the way the uniforms look for season four. Really? I like it. I I am I like that it keeps changing and I'm just yeah, I'm open to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know how I feel about players. it. Yeah. <laughs> they went back to like cause she's the captain, now she's in red, so it's much like um next generation. Yeah. Well that makes sense. That's, I think that's a part of what I liked about it. That it was like, oh, this, it's a little more, like, it, it's it's weird how it was like, okay, this, it, it it's doing, it's what fashion does, right? Where, you know, like, they kind of take something pseudo vintage and and sort of do the update. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I like that, that the colors are, are coming back. 
Is Michelle Yeoh coming back? I think so. I'm sure we'll see her because they have, I mean, they have to pay off what they started with her. If, if, if she doesn't show up in season four, then she must be showing up on another series. Yeah, she'll probably end up having her own series. I think there was discussion that they were going to give her her own series. They were going to do some, like, Black Ops um, Section 31 shit with her, where it was, like, Star Trek Black Ops, which would be, I'm I'm all for that, too. Yeah. (laughs) And all of this is feeding more stuff to Lower Decks. Like, can you imagine Mm -hmm. what a new series or a new season of Lower Decks would be like with all of this new stuff? They're already doing another season of Lower Decks too, which is gonna be great. <laughs> that makes me so happy. That was that was so much fun, and like, it was at first it was just like spoof, 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 spoof. I'm like, all right, cool, this is fun, I'm enjoying it, and then it got serious, and I was like, oh, oh snap, okay, cool, this is not just funny, this is also good too, sweet, okay. Did you watch I, it, BJ? I, was, I haven't started Lower Decks yet, but been at, in seeing the trailers, I was like this. I I started to realize, like, oh, this isn't just some kid cartoon. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth your time. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners everywhere, um, this has been a special episode of GGR talking about Star Trek Discovery in anticipation for season four coming out soon. Um, We've been talking with Mike Lunsford editor-in-chief of GGR and our new friend, William B.J. Robinson. Um, I hope you guys have a great night. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy! or concerns before we depart, Captain? If you're telling me that this ship can skip across the universe on a highway made of mushrooms, I kind of have to go in faith. Be bold. Be brave. Be courageous. Black alert. All personnel, black alert. Let's jump. <laughs>